Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. We got Dylan and Josh with us, uh, as well as you know myself. Um, how you guys doing this week? Doing all right, you know, getting through. <laughs> I'm doing fine. All right. Um, so, like we always do, we're going to talk NFL in the second half. You know, Super Bowl recap. Um, I'm going to start off with something that's kind of for me. Uh, this weekend's the All Star Game for the NF or for the NBA. Um, but I was thinking about this, and I I wanted to make it a topic to discuss the All Star weekends, the All Star games. It doesn't matter the sport. You name a sport. I just don't see the game itself as being interesting anymore. Um, they try in the NBA. I know they've tried to make it interesting where like KD and LeBron pick teams, but I still don't think it's interesting. The game itself is not interesting. I would love to see a, a like a, a cool pickup game. Like, you know, Hey, I got first pick, you know, you get ball, whatever. And it's an actual like pickup game, but it's not. Um, the skills challenge, the, Slam dunk, the three-point contest, all that kind of stuff. I'll definitely watch it. I love it every year. It's always fun to watch. But the game has to change. What do you guys think? I know we talked a little bit before the episode, but what do you guys think of ways to make the All-Star game better? Or do we need to just take it away and just have the skills competition and that's it? Uh, Dylan, I'll start with you. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm probably, I lean more towards just taking all the all-star games away. Cause like, there's not really a whole lot that, that goes into it in terms of like effort. Like, I mean, I like the NBA, like in the fourth quarter, when they have their target score that they have to hit, mm -hmm. they go a little bit harder, but for the first three quarters, it's pretty much like do whatever you want, just kind of joke around, whatever. And, like, yeah, sometimes you get some cool highlights with some dunks or whatever, but, like, overall, like, I don't watch it. It's not really that fun. I might flip it on towards the end if I know, like, the end's on and just see. Um, I mean, to make it interesting, like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I've seen ideas floated about doing, like, a one-on-one -on -one tournament or a 3v3 tournament. Um, I don't know if that would still make it interesting because, like, to me, I just think their effort, like, they're supposed – this is their break, but then they're required to go do these events and play in these games. And so they're not going to try to give a whole lot of effort and waste a whole lot of energy doing stuff. So give them the accolade, in my opinion, and, like, do skills competitions. Like, I mean, three-point shootout, uh, dunk contest, maybe expand the dunk contest, make it actually, like, legitimate because, like, Aaron Gordon should have, like, three dunk titles already and he doesn't. <laughs> uh and uh make it look more legitimate or something but like i love watching the three-point contest i'll watch all-star saturday night most of the time because it's fun i like the bigs versus the guards in the skills competition like that's pretty fun yep. to see like Jokic go against like luca or, or something like that like it's just fun and interesting and i think a bigs won it the last two or three years in a yeah. row um and so that's really fun. Three-point contest I always loved because it always had it usually had like Steph or Clay or just like guys that I like. But Somebody you like point, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Three-pointer, three-point comp is pretty fun. Dunk contest can be fun. I feel like I honestly feel like it's gotten lamer. I, I think I the, the last big one, I think the last big one was for me was the Levine and Gordon one. 
yeah, that was the last like most creative one. All the ones now, like turn on, I'm like, this is this is a 10. Like yeah. you're, you're getting like everyone in the crowd is freaking out and giving all tens for this dunk. Like compared to like is, Vince Carter's Vince one Car- season. Yeah, Vince yeah. Carter, like the, like like yeah. whenever Aaron, I'm like Aaron Gordon, like should he win got robbed. because he got he's robbed. the most creative. He's the most he's one of him and Levine have been the most creative dunkers in the couple last couple dunk contests. And they like and yeah, so I don't know. I think skills comps uh doing different things like that might be fun. They're more fun than the actual game, but I, that's my opinion. All right, Josh, what do you got? Yeah, I think the best idea is some some form of tweaking it. Um, mm. If you're going to if you're going to try to keep it, you know, yeah. And I think I think the NHL can serve as an example. Um, you know, as Dylan said, the skills competitions are awesome. Like I really love you know I love watching NHL weekend the the skills competition. And then what they've done is they've converted it from your traditional all-star game to a three-on-three tournament. So if you watch hockey, you know you normally have a goalie and five-on-five. Now it's a goalie and three-on-three, similar to what overtime in the regular season is. And once it's three-on-three, sometimes there's a little bit more keep away. Um, So you'll come out of the zone to try to keep possession because you don't want to give up possession because you only have six skaters on the ice. But it makes it a lot more technical. You have some more moves. You have more deking. You have interesting shot opportunities. And it makes it pretty interesting. It does take most of the hitting out of it. But if you are there on All-Star Weekend, what are you okay to have taken out of the game? Hitting. Yeah, you don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And so you know, they've actually had pretty good success with this. I think, I think it's still pretty fun, enjoyable to watch. It's a whole lot faster paced. It's a, a much quicker thing. And the players seem to have really gotten into it. Right. So I would wonder for, for the NBA, why not try a, you know, keep the skills competition, maybe play that up even a little bit more and then do a three on three. I mean, who wouldn't love to see some of these combinations out there playing three on three? Um, maybe even maybe change it to where instead of full court, you're playing half court. Um, what would a lot of those guys probably be okay with less running granted? It takes away some of those, like, you know, chase down blocks. If anybody cares to give the effort for defense, but also the, you know, transition dunks, but overall do something where it switches it to more of a three on three. I know we were talking before the game, before the pro bowl, the pro bowl is trash. Um, I mean, just be honest, it's, it's not football. And so, okay, if we're going to say nobody wants to hit anyway, let's actually turn it into two-hand, or my, my preference would be flag football. Let's, let's see, you know, some of these guys out there, Derrick Henry playing flag football. I mean, that would just be kind of intriguing to me. Um, you know, you more... don't have the helmets and everything on, but they're just playing flag, or maybe a helmet and only a helmet. But out there playing flag football, maybe like a seven-on-seven, seven. yeah, you might not have offensive lines, defensive lines. Those guys have enough knee problems and back problems and concussions. Give them a week off anyway. Still, uh, find, a, find a way to do it where they can get an accolade. You know, they can be the best, you know, second best right tackle in the league. That gets acknowledged. But then for the game itself, do a seven-on-seven seven flag football. Um, you know, I think it would make intrigue. We would still, we would see phenomenal passes, phenomenal throws. 
Um, I think the guys might be a little more likely to play harder if they know they're not getting hit and having the high speed Sean Taylor esque collisions. Um, <laughs> Last time I watched this robot was that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Like back when they're used to be hitting, but nobody wants to get injured in a meaningless game. But if we recognize, oh, this is meaningless. Now let's go out and put out a really good product. Either right. that, the other, the other option is finding a way to make it meaningful, which I don't think is fair. Like, you know, similar to what MLB used to be with home field advantage. Like all of a sudden, man, that makes it a whole lot more significant. But do you really want no. home t- home field advantage dictated off of an all-star game? I was going to say, so uh, yeah. That well, what, what do you think? Meaningful? What do you think about adding, this is kind of going back to basketball, adding like kind of like a child's game, like doing like horse or, like a knockout or something like that. Like having like NBA players play like knockout and do like knockout tournaments or something like that. Oh, like yeah. just doing so like doing something just fun. Like it's supposed to be a fun weekend. Like so, honestly, I'd rather watch them play knockout than play the all-star game. Well, I think that could roll into, you know, play knockout, play three on three, like recognize the Harlem Lowtrotter this- set up. Pick five Maybe people, five fans. Far. Well, no, but pick yeah. five fans and then they get to go against NBA players for a day. That would be rough. Um, but no, like, I think, Dylan, you're right. Like, if this is not going to be a game, make it fun, make it intriguing, mm-hmm. make it something that I'm going to want to tune in to watch because I'm not going to watch a 170 to 155 game where no one plays defense, you know? Um, I do think they've improved with that last, you know, the last however many minutes, you know, that new setup. I like that a lot. I think that... Again, like you said, Dylan, if I'm going to watch any of it, I'm going to watch the last little bit when they switched that other format. I think it's way better. Um, but overall, like, man, it's just – it's rough to watch any of these All-Star games, save for perhaps the NHL. I think the NHL has done something good and made it much more interesting because previously guys weren't hitting at the All-Star game. Reasonably so. But what do you do then to make it still be hockey? Well, let's turn it to three on three. I think the one thing I would say to add all to this is out of all the all-star setups, I think the NFL has it the best way because it's after the season. I, it, you know, if you've got baseball midseason or football or basketball midseason, hockey's midseason, I mean, although – Right now, basketball, it's almost the season's almost over, and now they're doing the All-Star. But I think if you had it at the end of the season, like, hey, you didn't make the playoffs or, you you know, like right before the NBA championship, like give the players before the NBA championship like a week and you do an All-Star weekend then. Um, But, like, I don't know if you guys ever saw this I mean, I'm, I'm going to date myself, but as we already talk, I'm the old guy on the group. The and one mixtapes, like the and one mixtape tours, where they're doing some high-flying craziness, you know. Like Vince Carter used to say he got dunk ideas from watching these guys play basketball. And they're, you know, and it's both teams are just kind of going out in this. They're doing stuff. They're playing basketball, but they're having fun. They're also joking around. And these are, you know, the professor, the, the little white kid who could have handles and, throw stuff, you know, mess with you. That would be fun to see your regular NBA players doing a street ball game. 
you know, having a guy like Kevin Hart on the court talking trash the whole time, you know, something like that would probably bring people in. Well, I think what is the purpose of an all-star game? One is like, at least in my opinion, reason number one is to like acknowledge the best in the, um, the best in the game. But then two is to what? To show off the skills, right? I mean, like that goes in with acknowledging the best game, showing off the skills. So how do we show off the skills? Well, one is even expand those skill competition type things that are usually the most fun part to watch anyway. And then two, open up a way like three on three in NHL, three on three, let Connor McDavid out there. That dude is a magician and his magician like skills are highlighted in three on three. You know, some of these guys can do incredible things and it even gets highlighted in a three on three tournament. You know, I think that could be for, you know, the NBA it's opening it up to if there, if there aren't three guys in the lane, can you maybe drive from the three point line and throw down a crazy dunk that you probably wouldn't try in a game because there's somebody under there, but now there's not boom. You you know, it could be. And I mean, worst case scenario, what, I mean, what is the worst case scenario? It's going to suck and nobody's going to watch it. And we're in the same boat as we are. I was going to say that's already there. So, all right. So the other thing I want to talk about, you know, we talked about the all-star for, we primarily went with the, you know, because the NBA all-star games this weekend, um, trade deadline passed last week, some pretty significant trades we talked about last week on this episode or on this podcast, but then on Thursday, right before the deadline, we had the big trade. Everybody talked about James Harden going to Philly and, uh, I just went blank on his name because he hasn't played all season. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons thank you very much. Going to Brooklyn along with Seth Curry and uh, Andre Drummond. So usually after the all-star break and because the trade deadlines right before the all-star break, somebody gets hot, you know, somebody kind of there, like after the all-star break, some team kind of just goes on a, you know, a 14 and two game win streak or something. Who Josh, do you think is that team this year? So, I mean, it's really hard to tell because of health, because of other situations. Um, I think that big trade did make it exceedingly interesting. Um, I can't say the Nets because Lord knows what the Nets will be. Um, KD is just hurt constantly. Um, Ben Simmons is perhaps the biggest question mark out there. And then you've got Kyrie, who at most can only play away games and even then, you're not 100% sure. But I am really intrigued to see what happens with the 76ers. You know, is Harden actually healthy? Because if so, it might take a tiny bit for Harden and Embiid to get used to playing with each other. But you look at Harden, Embiid, um, you've got Tobias Harris there as well. They didn't have to give up Maxi. And so you still have Maxi playing point guard. You've got Thibel who can be out there. And the fact that he's a zero on offense doesn't matter because that guy is a beast on defense, possibly one of the best defenders in, 
you know, all of basketball. Like Joel Embiid is having MVP like season, um, just playing so well and has been healthy. And so like if Harden is healthy, I could easily see the the Sixers just going on an extended winning streak. What do you think, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, I think we're Brooklyn and Philly. It might be one of the most, I wouldn't say even, but a trade where both teams actually won and I think got better Mm -hmm. uh, because all of a sudden now Ben Simmons is ready to play or getting ready to play. Uh, James Harden's going to – huh? Shocking. Never saw that coming. Yeah, no, no one ever saw that coming. Uh, all of a sudden, you're fine after you get traded. Uh, but then, uh, are you at all just not to interrupt you, but are you at all concerned about adding Ben Simmons to the mix when you already have Kyrie Irving? When you have two big drama queens, (laughs) yeah, actually, Uh, I would probably say the two biggest drama queens in the league right now. Yeah, when you said that Ben Simmons was the biggest question mark, I was like, maybe the second biggest behind Kyrie, (laughs) like. Kyrie might be the biggest question mark there. Um, but, I mean, honestly, like, that, those trades were good. And, I, like, it was hard. Like, Boston's a team right now that's surging. They, I mean, they beat Philly by 48 last night. Uh, and they, they won nine straight. And they're going to the – they look like they've figured themselves out on offense, which they've struggled all season to do. Yep. Um, and then defensively, I think they're one of the top defensive teams in the, in the, in the league. So they're a team that I could see like building upon that momentum. I will be intrigued to see shocker golden state, uh, what they do with James Wiseman coming back. Uh, cause he just got elevated to start five on fives. Uh, so can he get in and like, they might not be in a rhythm, but like, can they get right in the last 25 or so games to prep for the, the postseason? Um, but a team I will say that needs to get right, the two teams, is Brooklyn and L.A. because they're about to play themselves right out of the playoffs before it even starts. Talking the Lakers, right, not the Clippers. Yeah, the, the Lakers. Uh, because they're 25 and 29 or something like that. And they're 26 on the brink. and 31 right now. 26 and 31. They're, not, they're worse than what I thought. Uh, <laughs> they have two more losses and one more win than I thought. Uh, they – they're about to play themselves right out. And then the Nets don't have Kyrie for home games, which you already said. And KD's not coming back till at least after the All-Star break. I saw he could potentially make a, a return in the first game back, but they said it might be even more time. Ben Simmons is targeting March 10th. So, like, but he wants to be ready by Phil, the Philly game, so he could play earlier. But that's three weeks. That's another two weeks after the all-star break that you don't have Ben Simmons. You only have Kyrie part-time and you might get KD back in that time. So you best, you like, I think they got better as a team in this trade because you add Seth Curry, you add Andre Drummond, two guys who Seth Curry, who I think is a, like, I mean, he's not Steph, but still a pretty good shooter. He's a fantastic shooter. One of the best shooters in the league. And he, he can play a little bit off the ball. He can play on the ball. He's a great defender on the one-two spots. Uh, and then you got Drummond who can grab boards, play down low, do stuff. So you have some pieces to maybe steal a couple wins and keep yourself in the thing so, until you get those guys back. But, I mean, until you get those guys back, like, you might play yourself out. You might, you might be in the play-in tournament. And right. that's, a, that's a risky game because you have one-off shooting night. 
KD has one bad shooting night, they're out. Yeah. LeBron has a bad shooting night or a bad night, they're out. Like, that's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you. Like, with the Lakers need to get better. LeBron, at his, uh, you know, he's older. You can't be – you've got young players on this team, and you're still looking to him to do it all. When you've got Anthony Davis, you've got Russell Westbrook, who are, you know, Westbrook's a, a, an MVP, you know, prior MVP, you know. He's not playing like that, I know. I can see the look, Ty. Josh. Ty. Get, get get out of here. You're you're okay. You can't be relying on LeBron all the time. You got younger players, and then you named Russ as one of the longer younger players. I'm waiting. No, for no, like I'm not, not, not. No, no. I'm, I'm saying for Taylor Horton Tucker. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for one of the guys who have Malik made a couple Monk. of shots this year. <laughs> well, no, yeah, no, Malik I... Monk, Taylor Horton Tucker, and then you're like, you got Russ Westbrook. What I'm saying, what I'm saying yeah, is, is the, you've the got problem with the Lakers. The problem with the Lakers, Ty, is that they have Russ Westbrook. I know. I know. The thing is, I don't want to make this a Lakers thing, but like the thing is, is like, when are we going to blame LeBron? LeBron's played offensively well, but he put this team together. Yeah. Like he said, I want Russ. Yeah. And, and, and he said, we will make it work. And we have to blame LeBron at some point and not excuse it because we often say like LeBron's LeBron's in a great offensive group when he's got 20 something games of 25 points or more in a row or something. Oh yeah. He's playing phenomenal. So he's playing phenomenal, but they're losing. And so it doesn't matter. And so like, yeah, we can say LeBron's great, but he created the situation where they're under 500 heading into the all-star break with 25 games left. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, what I'm saying is, is Russ and said, Hey, can you hit a broadside of a barn? And then when Russ said, no, then be like, ah, oh, never mind. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just I'll yeah. just do this on like, my own. Like he should have signed off. If I'm LeBron, I sign off a hundred times out of a hundred. Trade Russ for John Wall. Like, would, uh, we talked about it last week. Bye. Get we talked about here. it last week. That was my one trade that I would have liked to see happen. Um, all right. We could do that for, we could go into this whole talk for a while, I know. Um, so we're gonna get take it to break. As we always do, uh, we'll come back and talk some uh, NFL, and we're even going to talk some MLB, all right? So just stand by, and we'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Uh, and as we said, we are going to talk some NFL. Uh, there was a game this past Sunday, um, pretty significant one. Um, maybe you guys have heard of it. It's called the Super Bowl. Uh, I have a question for you guys, because I know you both watched it. Am I the only one that feels like it was just – like the playoffs were better, Sari. Like playoffs were better than the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying is excitement. Technically, perhaps Ty, but like <laughs> that's like that's like saying is ice cream better than chocolate? Like, yeah. You know, is, is pizza better than fried chicken? Yeah, I think so. But like, man, saying, I love some fried chicken too. I'm saying these, I'm saying every one of those say, games. We have just had the best playoffs, 
that I can remember in my lifetime. Yeah. And then we have a Super Bowl tie. We have a Super Bowl where one team goes up and the other team comes back and, and then the Bengals are in the lead and the Bengals have that lead. And then we see a, a, a what, six minute drive or so tr- going all the way down to win the game, you know, game winning drive. Except at that time, we don't even know for sure because there's still a minute and some left. Right. Like, I don't know. Ty, are you mad that it wasn't technically decided on the last game like all the playoffs were? Or like, I'm, I'm trying to figure I'll out. Be honest, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm technically, I'm upset because I guess because the way the playoffs went this whole year, I really just wanted it to continue. Like, I, I, I think it's, it wasn't, it's not that it wasn't a bad game. I'm saying it was every playoff game. You were sitting on the edge of your seat like, oh, oh. I mean, we had this podcast because of the Bills-Chiefs game. You know. I mean, did did I want Burrow to get into field goal range? Money McPherson hit a field goal to send it to overtime, and then somebody went in overtime? Yeah, like, of course I would have liked that. But can we not, like, discount the the beauty and the awesome drive that Stafford had oh, there? Yeah. No, that, I what, agree. 15-minute game-winning drive with a couple minutes left, like we have seen blowouts. I mean, okay, we've seen crazy comebacks when teams are down like 28 to three. Don't even um, say it. Don't even say it. Yeah. Don't even say it. Yeah. Um, that's three weeks in a row. That's that's like, messed up, guys. It's all messed up. I'm just going to say it that way. We've, we've seen games that weren't even within a touchdown. And now we have one with a game-winning drive that scores with like, what, a minute and 30 seconds left. And you're like, well, this was kind of disappointing, guys. Anybody else just saying, news right well, through that one? I'm saying it in the sense, like, I thought it was funny. My, uh, I'll say it this way: my in-laws called. On uh, we have the face the, the the portal, like right next to the TV, and my in-laws called, like during the game. My wife's like, you know, put the put the game on mute so she could talk, and she's like, "Well, we're watching the Super Bowl." Like, yeah, we turned it off. It was boring, and I was like, "It's the first quarter." Like, I'm, but I mean, like, I, it was just funny. I was like, okay. And I don't know. I was like, all right, it's more, whatever. I mean, it's, it, it just was like frustrating to me. I, I, I think there was a little bit of stagnant play when OBJ went down. Yeah. And the Rams offense was hindered. Yes. But overall, like, yeah. Was this game less exciting than the Bengals Chiefs? or then the Bills Chiefs, or then maybe the Rams Buccaneers. Like, I would say yes, but I think if we compare this Super Bowl to past Super Bowls, oh, it really it wasn't, was not that bad. No, it wasn't that. But I think it's that's what it is, is I think that's what everybody's – the reason everybody's looking at it this way is the playoffs, like you just said, probably the best playoffs games – not just one it's like all of them went to that ending it was like oh and you're like watching it on the edge of your seat you're like oh you know and then i know dylan got mad because the bills didn't even get a chance to play you know i was mad too yeah i, I we all were I mean, it was part of our podcast the next week um but i'm just saying like for me i oh, by the way i do have to make this comment how you talked about money McPherson. Uh, I did love the fact that he sat on the sidelines during the halftime show, 
didn't even go to the locker room. Um, I mean, what's he gonna do? Coach, I'm, <laughs> I'm a baller. Like, I don't need to be here. Like, I, had, I have to be out, out there. there with I have to be out there with Dre and Snoop and listening to this. Um, but it, I just I I've never seen anything like it. I thought it was awesome. Um, but for me, I guess I okay. I know OBJ going down hindered, like you said, hindered that Rams offense. I guess just because it's the Rams and McVay and Stafford and all the put that they put into it, I didn't think it would hinder it that much. And I, I guess, you know, either the Bengals came out with a great game plan to do something different, or it just showed that that offense wasn't as great as we think it was. It just worked out well. I'm, Dylan needs to get in on this. So I know. I'm going to turn it over to him in a second. But I just want to say one thing. Let not discount the Bengals defense no I agree because the Bengals just beat the Chiefs largely because that defense shut down Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. and made him look pedestrian at best and so like yeah I I think I think Odell going down was a big factor especially because no longer did they have to worry about single covering Odell if they were double covering, uh, you know, it, it opened up a lot of things for the defense, but I also think the defense had a really good game plan and they're better than a lot of people think or have talked about, but Dylan, what you're joined the debate. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, if OBJ plays, I think it's a blowout, but if OBJ plays and in, in Cincinnati has a, a decent O-line, I think it's a great game too, uh, yep. but that's not, so to, to get back to the conversation though, I just wanted to say that just to get back to the conversation we were talking about, like, I honestly think like it's one of the best Super Bowls we've seen in a few years. Uh, it was a close game. Like last year, it was great because my team won. Uh, Cause I know what that feels like. Uh, but uh, we, but it was a 33 to nine game. Like it was not close. It was, out of reach most of the game it was not really that close but the this game it was closed down to the wire you had all this stuff and and to talk about the pace of play I think a lot of times we we hype up this game so much because it is the Super Bowl it is the only game on it's the biggest game of the year everyone works for it but think about it you have two weeks to prepare for this team you have yep. a whole season worth of tape to watch for them, to know their tendencies, to know them well, know what they do, that you can do all those things. So you're going to know that team really well. And so it's re- it's going to make it insanely hard to score and insanely hard to do a lot of things uh, for them, for a team. So that's why I think we often get low-scoring Super Bowls and we wonder – well, this team was so explosive in the in the regular season. How come they couldn't score? Well, because you have 20-plus games to scout, and you have two weeks to prepare. So I think we had a really great Super Bowl overall, but I honestly think if OBJ is there, it seemed like since he had no answer for OBJ to start the game, uh, and I think I think he was poised for a pretty big game had had he not gotten injured. So generally, I would agree, too except let us not discount the second half adjustment of the Bengals. Yes. That was made by the Bengals because the, the um, conference championship, if you would have told me the Bengals had a chance with the way the chiefs played in the first half, I would have called you foolish. 
but then, yeah yeah um, i agree i completely yeah. agree yeah they have the second half but i think yeah it would have made it it's much more difficult granted i think for the the difference between the rams and the chiefs the chiefs have probably more high-end talent the chief the rams have more talent spread throughout so you have obj cooper cup and like and, and some good backs whereas in since you have tyreek hill travis kelsey it's a little bit easier to to play those guys than it is to play two elite people on the outside when it comes to yeah. Cooper Cup and, and OBJ. But, yeah, I mean, the Bengals do have a great track record of in-game adjustments. They're really good at it. So so speaking of Cooper Cup, did they pick the right Super Bowl MVP? No, I think it should be Aaron Donald. I, I don't think you can blame for picking Cooper Cup. I agree. He had a great game. He was, what, four catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown on the final drive. Um. Uh, I think he, he had, ended like, up eight, with like eight catches, 96 yards and a touchdown, two touchdowns, or two touchdowns. Yep. Uh, so like he played well, he was, he came up big for them uh, down the stretch, but like Aaron Donald had what, two sacks, five pressures, uh, one, like he say, I mean, literally like the, the third and one dude had, had the right tackle, but one arm, like just, Big boy in the right tackle and the other arm grabbed Sony with or uh, uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, so yeah, it was P Ryan and, and and literally stopped his momentum. I didn't even let him fall forward. Him yep. Yeah, and then the next play, he comes and and beats it and beats a double. Like there's two guys coming at him. Aaron Donald chops the arm, sprints around the edge, and comes right at Joe Burrow and should have been a third sack, but Burrow gets it off. And it's not, but it ends the game. And so I think Aaron Donald dominated that game. Uh, he did not in the first half. The first half, he was a little quiet. Second half, though, he he came out ready to fight. And I think Aaron Donald should have won it. If Stafford doesn't have two picks and he has maybe one, I might argue Stafford because he had to go win that game with his arm because they had no run game yeah. on Cincinnati who allowed everybody to have a run game. 23 uh, carries, 43 yards. That's the whole yeah. team. I mean, if you go back to the Raiders game that I was at, the Raiders ran whenever they wanted to on the Bengals. You go to the Chiefs game, the Chiefs in the first half ran all over the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Like the the uh, and so they have they don't have a great de- or run defense, but they stopped it, and Stafford had to go win it with his arm. So if Stafford has maybe one less pick, I might vote for – I might switch to Stafford. But Aaron Donald, I think, closed that game out. He, down the stretch, was the dominant force that ended that game. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, like you said, Donald did have a pedestrian first half, and I think that could be playing a factor in it. Um, and then if, they pushed him on the sideline. And we'll I was gonna say well, when, no, that, no, when he went after when he pushed Burrow, which was a legal push. Yep. When he pushed Burrow out of bounds, and they pushed him, it's like you just you just poked the bear. I, I I think the bear was already poked. I think the push was an indication that Aaron was done. Um, because. It was legal. Burrow was still in play, but that push was so much more violent than it had to be. He didn't touch him out of bounds. He didn't give him a little shove. He full force both arm extended and shoved Burrow out. Like to me, that was the sign of a ticked off guy when he pushed Burrow out of bounds. I don't think, I don't think the lineman coming up to him is what set him off. 
I think his defense not playing well enough, not getting enough hits on Burrow was what ticked him off. And he took it out on Burrow when he got there. Like, does, does the guys coming up maybe continue him ticked off? Yeah, I think so. But everybody, like, I, I disagree that it was, oh, that set him off. I think he was set off when he pushed Burrow out. And I yeah. think, too, with, with them having seven sacks on defense, I mean, I would attribute all seven sacks to Aaron Donald. Like, yeah, like triple he, was getting, team. he was getting triple. I, I remember three or four distinct times where they they replayed and Aaron Donald has three guys guarding him. Like Von Miller had two with two and a half sacks, I think. Um, two. And uh, two sacks, two. Yeah, two sacks. And like, yeah, because all the attention is on Aaron Donald. Like, yep. like. He's he even though he only had five pressures, which is still a high number for uh, like a full game, and most of them came in the second half and two sacks. Like he affected he he affected the game a lot more by allowing triple teams to come to him and allowing Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, guys like that get one on ones and go to work and go get Burrow. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is if I had to choose an MVP, I think I pick Aaron Donald, even uh, yeah. just just because of those last two plays. Yeah. If it if it's not for those last two plays, I don't think I pick Aaron Donald. I pick either flip a coin between Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup because they are the reason the Rams won. Right. Like if you take away Aaron Donald, and even you know what, as I say this, I think my case for one of the other guys grows stronger because you take away Aaron Donald and put in a an average NFL defensive lineman. I'm not so sure that Burrow doesn't still get sacked five times. Maybe not seven, but that line was trash. They were garbage on the one play where, um, gosh, I forget who gets the sack, but it's on, um, it's on get up when they do that. You need new protection, new security. Um, like they ran like a little stunt around and I forget if it was Miller who got the sack. It was Vaughn. It was Vaughn because he was, he was squared up on the, on the line. And then you can see Joe Burrow like, okay. Oh oh, shoot. (laughs) Like, cause Vaughn came around real quick. (laughs) And that you had two offensive linemen on two dudes and they just misplayed that. So, so terribly. Like Jeff Saturday was saying about just how poorly played that was. Um, So you take away Aaron Donald. And I think they still get a good bit of pressure on him. Not as many sacks. Maybe, maybe they come down. Maybe they tie that game. I don't know. I'm not like, but I think their defense still had a shot because of how awful the Bengals offensive line was. You take away either Matthew Stafford or Cooper Cup. I don't think the Rams win that game. Okay. I'm I'm gonna we're gonna move on, but I have one question before both of you. It's just a yes or no. That's it. We're not going to dive deep into this one this week right now. Do you want Aaron Donald to retire? No. No. Okay. No, it's just talks of, is this it? You know what I mean? Now that he's got his no, he ring. Said today that, he said today he, he wants he, – it seems like he's going to run it back. Yeah. He so, wants his money. Yeah. And he, yeah, he just – Like, that, that, that's not a negative comment. Like, that sounded negative, so let me walk that back a tiny bit and just say, he is not the top – the highest paid 30, NFL isn't he like player? 30 i think there's like 30 or 34 yes. like defensive players that are going to get paid more than him this year yep. that should change like now nope. <laughs> like no no one i don't know if they can afford to though 
Maybe uh, a TJ Watt or one of those guys could be up there near him or with him, but he should not be that far down. Get him his money. He's not retiring. Yeah. Well, let me say this real quick. Who saw less needs? I don't like the language, but who saw less needs t-shirt today at the parade? I did not see it. I did not. There was an expletive at the front, but it was blank these picks or blank those picks. Uh, talking <laughs> about like talking about his strategy of trading a bunch of picks. And I thought it was clever. I thought I it was it. pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Why what what is your pick in the bottom of the first round going to be compared to a Matthew Stafford? Yeah, for the next two yep. years. So, yeah. Blank those yeah. picks. So, yeah. the other thing we're going to talk about is uh, the MLB season. Or lack thereof. Yeah. Or possible lack thereof. Um, let's say they have one. Let's say it gets figured out. I don't know. And they actually have a season. What's, what's the outlook? For which, what are you looking for? I've said it on this. I, I can't really watch games all the time. I do watch the playoffs. I do like teams, um, you know, certain teams. If certain teams are in the playoffs, I will watch it. Cannot watch 100, 100 or so games of just nine innings. I can't do it. It's just not exciting. But there are things I look at. There are highlights that I look for, you know. Um, what's something you're looking forward to, hopefully, in the play, like with MLB season coming up? <laughs> Maybe they have a season. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would. I'm interested to see if Shohei could redo, like, repeat his season that he did last year. Maybe be a little bit more effective as a pitcher. But um, I, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I mean, the Yankees every year. I'm like. We have the talent to win a World Series, but we have the injuries to never – like, we, we just never do what we're supposed to do. So, plus, like, I mean, you've missed out on a lot of free agent stuff. Uh, you've frozen the league, so, like, there are still free agent moves that need to be done, uh, signings that need to happen, trades that might happen. So, there's just so much with the lockout. Uh, and right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to, like – unlock anytime soon uh so i really don't know like do you want to have a shortened season honestly i think a whole year off like if you lock out the year i'm not going to say baseball is done but you're very close because the the public love for baseball is dying and a year without it i don't think people are going to miss it i don't think many people are going to miss it and I don't think people are going to care that much that it's not playing. Uh, you're going to have older people who do care. But like me, it's hard for me to watch a nine a nine inning game because it takes five hours. <laughs> like it takes like four or five hours sometimes it feels like. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, like, I think they have to get it solved fast if they want to keep any type of semblance of a league and, and popularity in the league but I don't see it happening but like I mean if I'm looking forward to something it's like Shohei or obviously Yankees or something but I'm also honestly a little intrigued by the Rangers with some big moves that they've made before the lockout like what right. their plans are what they see themselves as so I don't know that's that's kind of where I'm at I think it's hard for me to be excited about much because honestly baseball is just so disappointing to me now 
And I say that with baseball having been like my favorite sport growing up. I mean, it's the sport I played. Um, wasn't great, but it was at least average. Worked very hard at it to be average. Um, I loved baseball. Like baseball was so much of my life. And now it's just, it's hard to watch a game. You know, it's hard. It, it's frustrating to see all of the greed um, of, of the players, yes, but especially of the owners. And, and then I think where it's most disheartening to me is seeing both with COVID and now with some of the things, you know, the, the threats and the issues of, you know, the minor leagues, you know, possibly losing some of the minor leagues. I know we were talking, you know, Dylan, you're in Louisville, near Louisville where the Louisville bats play. Um, Ty, I think you mentioned uh, a minor league team, you know. Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg Fred- National. Okay, Fredericksburg Nationals. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not far from the Harrisburg Senators, or you know, even too terribly far from like where I grew up, where we were closer to the Reading Phillies. Um, you know, minor league baseball is phenomenal because the ticket, the tickets aren't astronomical. No, and you're so close to the game. And like I struggle to watch, I don't even know if I watched a full game last year. I might watch some of the Astros occasion, not even much of them anymore. I'd still watch the Yankees. Um, but I don't even know if I watched a full nine inning game. It's but been hard. I, I would still go to games. Yeah. But the major league games are so ridiculously priced and the minor league games, I'm worried that they're going to keep devaluing the minor leagues. And I think the way to rebuild the love for baseball in our country is to pour more into the minor leagues like that's where we need it um you know that's where like that's where kids are going to go to minor league games and get an autograph of some guy in my closet i have a ball that was signed by brett gardner when he played for the trenton thunder and i was a huge fan of i mean i was a huge fan of the yankees already but when brett gardner got up to the yankees oh my gosh but if we keep devaluing the minor leagues, you know, I think there are going to be generations that don't fall in love with those minor league baseball games, baseball players, and then not have those strong connections to major leagues, especially when baseball is just more boring to watch than football, than hockey. Then, you know, if I'm going to try to get somebody in love with a sport, I'm not picking baseball. Yo, I'm picking hockey. And yes, there's more of a learning curve, but like that is an exciting sport to watch. Football, honestly, like exciting sport to watch. Honestly, with like baseball, my biggest thing is like, like I love home runs, but like it all it is is home runs and strikeouts. There's no stolen bases. There's oh, no yeah, hate- there's no strategy. It's yeah. let it's like it's let's hit tanks. Like let's just try to strike out as many people as we can and let's hit tanks. Like there's no like first and third situations. There's no um, hit and runs. There's no stolen bases. There's no bunting. Like when you have a guy shifted, you have a guy in right field playing two right fielders and a guy playing like essentially in like left center field and no one's down the third baseline, drop a stinking bunt. Like it drives me up a wall. Like just drop a bunt. That's all you have to do. And you get them out of it. If you learn how to bunt, then bam you have a base hit like it drives me up a stinking wall that that like baseball is so it's not easy but it's 
common sense. Yep. Like, I honestly think we have some of the most talented players that have ever played the game, the best athletes that I think that have ever played the game for the most part. Like, I think the play, athletes are just getting more bigger, faster, stronger. They're getting better. And you can't bunt. You can't hit and run. Like, all you're doing is literally like, hey, what's my launch angle? Okay, let me let me drop it a little bit more and hit another tank. Like, no, like you're telling me that like to be an athlete is to be able to do everything you can and you can't even drop a stinking bunt. Like, it is infuriating. Yep. No, the lack of small ball is part of what makes it so much more difficult to watch because I love the hit and run. I love, you know, but now there's no small ball. And like you said, it's, it's home runs, which can be exciting, but the strikeouts just make it unbearable. Yeah. I think, like I said, for me, I can't watch it except for the playoffs. It doesn't get it. it it's like, I agree with what you're saying, Dylan. Like it's either let's go yard or that's it. It's a pitcher's league right now, in a sense, and and that's because they're going to get the strikeouts because everybody's trying to go yard. If they don't go yard, they're getting struck out, which makes these pitchers look like Greek gods. And some of them are. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of them are, but Noah Syndergaard. I mean, if you're looking at yeah. Greek gods, he might uh, so have a case. But I, I think that's the thing is is and like these owners think that no matter what us fans are going to come back to baseball and slowly the fans that are losing back are dying. Yeah. Slowly, slowly these guys are going to lose that thought process in the wrong way, you know, in, in, in the system that could just drop out. So um, with that though, we are going to end this week's episode. Uh, I I want to make a note before we close, because I didn't do it with football. The total end of your picks. I have all of it with, oh the, with the thing. I have totaled it. Um, is this I'll with the postseason? First, this is with the postseason. I will last at first. Chris was obviously last by a wide margin. One fifty fourth, one thirty and one. Next was a very close. It was Josh was third at one seventy three, one eleven and one, and Dad, you were at one seventy four, one ten and one. So it was a one game separation there. And then I finished at first with one eighty two, one hundred two and one. So that was the end of the year picks. Okay. Your king is here for the third year in a row. Granted, the other two years were on different podcasts, so. I was gonna say I was not. I was gonna say I wasn't even on a podcast. <laughs> well, no. Well, it's mainly with Chris. Chris used to say that he was better at picking than me, and then I beat him the first year, and he was like, "It didn't count. We didn't keep track." But he knew I won, and then last year we kept track, and I beat him again, and then I beat him again this year. <laughs> okay, because I was gonna say, depending on who some of your competition was, um, I would not Chris. be impressed. <laughs> okay. We're not gonna get into that too much here. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I was gonna say the first the first year podcast. First podcast you do. Um, I would not have gone with that person as reliable as a picker. Um, I am, I'll throw the fire. That's right. I can do that. Uh, uh, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> On this note, we are out. We will see you next week. <laughs> have a good one. Thank you.